Hey, hey, Jen. Welcome to episode four of On the Same Podcast with Jen and Nancy. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Starting to feel like spring out there. Did you have a good week? I had a fantastic week, but there's something I have a bone to pick with you. With me? Yeah. I have finally embraced podcast day. I no longer dread podcast day when when I get up and I look forward to the recording process with you. But in order for me to succeed, all others must fail. (laughs) And what's going on with all the comedy shows? All I see on Instagram, see you tonight, Ottawa. Thanks for the fun comedy fest. Like what's going on? Um, If it makes you feel any better, I had a terrible show the other night. Oh, it makes me feel great. (laughs) (laughs) Now you can succeed. Why? What happened? Why was it bad? I'm not going to say where it was. Oh, I'll I'll cut that out. I'll cut that out. Sorry. I just realized why you didn't want to say where it was. Um, (laughs) I'm going to bleep it out. That's what I'm going to do. Do it. Leave it. Say, I know it was in and leave it out. I'm learning so much about uh, audio editing. Yeah. Every hour I learn something new and it's going to be my first foray into sound effects. Yay. Oh, I think you should experiment. Try like car crash noise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had a horrible show. There was a ton of comics on the lineup. The venue was really weird. It was like a bar diner place of some kind. The audience, and I use that term very loosely, I think it was mostly comics and their friends who drove them there. Sat at the way back, way back of the room. And most of the comics were awful. Okay, okay. And the audience was painfully quiet, except for when the audience at the bar got super drunk. And they were really loud, but not at us. Like, they were laughing hysterically at their own. At something else. Yeah. So when you do a show... Do you have the same material? Like, do you just, do you, I shouldn't say, do you, do you have to? Like, I can imagine that it would be exhausting if every show was different. And I've seen, like, I always thought that when a comic went on stage, there was a whole whole different show every time. I was, like, super young when I thought this. And then I saw Ellen DeGeneres once, like, one of her first shows ever in Victoria, BC. I think I was 19 years old. And like a few years later, I saw her on the Today Show or something. She was doing the same jokes. And I was shocked. Shocked. (laughs) And then it hit me like, of course, they don't, they can reuse their jokes. Yes. Yeah. Well, for one thing, it's like, it's, I think it's one of the only art forms. Well, not, well, one of the only art forms where you learn how to do it in front of the audience. So you have to do many, many iterations. Yeah. Until you figure out what works and what doesn't work. So the first time you go out with those jokes, Maybe nobody laughs at all, or maybe people kind of laugh at one part. So you have to go back and like listen to your set and be like, what, what what worked about that, and why did this other part not work? And then the next night you go out again, you try it again. If they get if you get the laughs in the same spot and the quiet in the same spot, you're like, okay, I need to tweak this. This isn't working. It's a really long process, and like honestly, it sounds like work. It's such a (laughs) (laughs) surprise. Um, uh, There are some comics who are amazing writers maybe not 
amazing people. No, great perform. I'm trying to be delicate right now because I'm real. I'll just say it. You can take it out if you want to. But like Louis C.K. is like genius in the way that he throws away everything like each year or something. I read that. Yeah. That's insane. It starts fresh. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Like brilliant writer. Obviously. Bit of a perv. Bit of a creep. Yeah. Sorry to say, but uh, not sorry to say. Um, but just as an example. Um, but that's not common. Like a lot of people are constantly work- iterating. And maybe like after five years, it's a completely different show. Oh, for sure. But it, it transforms slowly over time. And the thing is that you are frustrated because you have to, you only, you start out when you're first doing comedy, usually you get like a five minute set, right? So it, it doesn't give you a lot of room. So you, you are redoing that same five minutes over and over and over and over again. And you get really sick of hearing yourself say it to the point where you're like, is this even funny? This isn't funny. Why are people laughing at this? It's not even funny. Because um, you've heard it so many times before. You're just tired yeah, of it. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes you want to throw it out before it's like, it's not even garbage, but you start feeling like it is because maybe you had a few nights where no one's laughing at it. So you're like, oh, maybe this isn't even funny and I should just toss it. But it might just be in your delivery. It might be the room. It might be the night. It might, you know, like it's hard to tell. So you have to do it a whole bunch of times to to find out, is this working or not? Cause I feel like that when I build websites, like after about four months, I'm like, this website is not nice. Oh, yeah. This yeah. website is hideous. Yeah. How could I have built this website and charged money for it? I've been proud of it. Like, yes, this looks great. And a friend of mine who, who um, plays in a band was saying that he feels the same way. Because Luckily, they get to play a whole set, so many songs. And they can move the songs around a little bit. But basically, they're pay- playing the same 10 to 12 songs every Night, yeah. Right. Over and over and again. And him too. He's like, this song is so awful. I can't sing it with the same passion and enthusiasm as when I first wrote it because I don't feel these things anymore. Or this is kind of, I don't know, like it's just not as deep as I thought it was in the beginning or whatever. I read that about authors that by the time the book comes out, they're a different person than when they wrote it. Mm-hmm. And they said it's it feels very weird to be going on sort of the circuit promoting a book when I'm not the same person anymore. Yeah, you're not even it. you're not even feeling it anymore. Yeah, yeah, you've moved on. You're doing something completely different. Yeah. But just to jump back so people don't think I built shitty websites. <laughs> so clients will call and be like, oh my God, I get so many compliments on the website. I'm like, really? Is that true? <laughs> and then I realize it's because I'm tired of looking at it. I just, I work on it and work on it and work on it. And I just, I cannot see it anymore. It's like not being able to see the forest through the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other night I did um, the same bit I've been doing night after night after night. And I, in my head after I said it, the the opening line, in my head, I was like, who cares? No one cares anymore. Like, no one wants to hear this. But uh, then there's other nights where people laugh so hard that you're like, oh, yeah, this is good. This I was born to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all that to say is that you can go ahead and be successful now. I had a shit night the other night. Ah, I feel fantastic. Excellent. Try to flop. At least two or three times a month so I can feel good about myself. <laughs> Speaking of not feeling good about myself, something happened that brought me back to episode two on sophistication. So it's spring in Montreal and the snow starting to melt. And we had tons of snow, like tons and tons of snow. So when it's melting so fast, the storm drains can't keep up. And it really, it starts to build up like six, eight, eight inches under the car. So it's just getting over a sinus infection, finally bit the bullet, 
asked for some antibiotics. I was coming home from the pharmacy with my antibiotics, not feeling great. And I'm getting out of this car and I'm just going to throw it out there right now because you're going to find out at some point, but giant SUV, if you can imagine the biggest SUV that they make, that's mine. It's basically a school bus. It, it is. And I will say that I accidentally got caught in the middle of the climate change protest. <laughs> and there was 150,000 students surrounding me. And I've never been so, well, not like me personally, but I was there and they were there. And the only thing separating us was about 34 officers on bikes. <laughs> and I was very, very grateful. Wait, you, you felt you were grateful because you felt unsafe that these kids are protesting us destroying their planet? I feel guilty driving the car. It's so big. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Sorry. I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> so you ask yourself, why don't you drive something smaller like a Prius? Well, it's because I have a family of four, plus an international student, plus a dog, plus three cats. And we have a cottage in Quebec City, and we go back and forth. And also, we seem to always be in a state of renovation. And my full-time job, you, you might think it's this podcast or web development, it's running to plumbing stores and picking up things like transitional molding, flooring, tiles, bits and pieces of pipes. Not so, to mention your kids missing pieces of their uniform or lunches that were forgotten. Well, I could do that with a Prius. Oh, that's true. But I do need I do need the truck. So I'm getting out of the truck and I've got this purse. It's like super hard leather. It's not soft. So it's more like a bucket. So I have this like giant leather bucket that I carry around with me. And the problem is when it falls, it doesn't sort of crumple gently into itself like a bucket. It falls over and everything falls out. So of course, as I'm stepping down with multiple things in my hands, the bucket falls, the purse bucket falls and everything goes in the water. So now it's like floating all my, like my checkbook and my wallet and my lipstick, it's all floating in this muddy, melty, salty, dirty water. And I'm like, why does this shit only ever happen to me? So I'm scooping it all up, literally scoop up the bucket, which scoops up, keep calling it a bucket, it's a purse. Scoop up the purse, which scoops up about six inches of water with it. So now the purse is filled with dirty water. I'm grabbing the wallet, the lipstick, the checkbook, everything. So I gather up all my wet, soggy belongings and I go to lock the car. No, no key, I don't have a key. And the truck has this thing where if you're if the door's locked and you're close to it, the door will open. So the door is opening. So I know the key is in the vicinity of me and the truck. But then I get in the truck and hit the start button and it says remote not found. So you know where the key is. The key is under 10 inches of water under the car. Oh, my God. And it's the only key. Because I've lost the other one. I've misplaced it. I have no idea where it is. So I can't move the car forward in order to dig out the key from this giant puddle. And I can't really abandon the key. Like, all I want to do now is say, screw it and go in the house and take my antibiotics and, like, sort out my my soggy purse. But then I know I'm going to forget. And, like, at 6 o'clock at night when Renault comes home from work and there's no wine, he's going to be like, I'm going to go get some wine. Do you know where the key is? And I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, about that. <laughs> and now it's dark and it's probably freezing again, which means the puddle could be ice. And now the key would be frozen in ice, which is a lot worse. 
guess what I did? Came in the house, got on Renault's giant boots that go up to my thighs. I went out there and I got down on my hands and knees. I put garbage, garbage bags under my knees and I used the kitty litter scoop <laughs> to look for the key for, and it took me about 25 minutes. This is happening in broad daylight? Yeah, not only is it daylight, but I live across the street from an elementary school and it was 3.30. So there was about 74 parents picking up their children. So <laughs> I'm on my hands and knees with a kitty litter scoop in giant, like, like kind of like those boots that the men go fishing in. And I'm scooping the kitty litter. Did I mention the kitty litter scoop? <laughs> Looking for my key. And the reason that I'm telling this story is I had a flashback to episode two and I thought, this is not sophisticated. <laughs> yes. A sophisticated woman would not be doing this. And I was thinking, because I had a lot of time to think, I had 25 minutes. And the only interruptions I had were little children going, mommy, what is that lady doing? <laughs> and the parents going, keep walking. Don't look. Don't look at the lady. Keep walking. <laughs> anyway, I found the key. Oh, and I've never, I don't know if I've ever been so happy. I was like, victory is mine. And I could start the car. It still worked. And that was my story about sophistication or lack thereof. So I was checking podcast reviews of other podcasts, just you know, so I can, I was checking out all the five star, four star reviews, just so I can prepare myself for Goals. when all our, mm -hmm. all our reviews start coming in. Right. And uh, for Generation Y, there was this five-star review, and the reviewer said um, he really appreciated, he or she really appreciated that the hosts didn't banter and chit-chat for 15 minutes before they, you know, got to the point. And I was like, uh, excuse me, the show's all about the banter. Can you see who that review, like, can you message that guy and just be like, just... Uh, just to get and give you like a heads up, you're not going to want to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, since Generation Y is true crime about lots of murder, 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 it's quite possible we're not going to have an overlapping audience. I just want to say I find it disturbing that that someone listening to a true crime podcast about murder, murder, murder is like grateful that they're hurrying <laughs> up to get to the point. Like that feels a bit intense. He wants his murder like straight, like now, like there's no dawdling, like get straight yeah, to the fast murder. to the murder. Yeah. And I just want to point out that I started this podcast. One of my reasons was so that I could banter with Jen. And then we actually had to talk some other stuff on that we thought people might be interested in. And all I have to say is it's our podcast and we'll banter if we want to. Oh, yes. Yeah. The themes and subjects are just they're more like side notes. <laughs> like gravy. <laughs> We have this analytics software on our podcast that will tell us where people stop listening. And I'll bet you $1 right now, most of them stop listening after the banter. It's going to be the best part. Don't stop listening. Don't listen to her. Don't listen to that, but then keep listening to the other stuff. On that note, maybe we could actually start the topic of the podcast. Oh, yeah, that. I want, like, I was thinking if I could tie in self-compassion with the story that you told about you and the ice, but I don't know how. <laughs> There's just no self-compassion that could exist. Not for that. No. no, it was pretty bad. And then I was debating on whether or not to tell her no, but I did. Why? Because I wanted points for actually getting the key because old me would have left it there. <laughs> Let ice freeze over and poor Renault after a nine hour workday would be out there with an ice pick. And don't forget, can't move the car. So you'd be like, 
under the car trying to chip out ice to get the key. And I wanted like a little gold star for actually getting the key. And I can tell you, I didn't get it. I was going to say, actually, this does tie in nicely because you wanted the gold star from your man. Yes. But like, why didn't you give it to yourself? Well, the gold star from the man is so elusive. <laughs> it's like, what do they call that that chariot thing? The Holy Grail? Is that mm. what they call it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a good point. And I think like old me, like a few years ago, that would have been like a super negative experience. And it would have been like, why me? This only ever happens to me. And I would have beat myself up with all this negative self-talk. Like, you're so stupid. How do you let this happen? Why are you so forgetful? How did come you lost the other key? And it would have spiraled into this whole negative thing. And this time, as frustrating as the experience was, my very first thought was, I cannot wait to tell this story on the podcast. (laughs) And I found myself being able to find the gratitude in the situation. And I don't want this to sound like corny, but gratitude rocks because we have so much to be thankful for. And it's so easy to focus on the negative. Mm -hmm. And when I found some time, you know, when I was rinsing my MAC lipsticks and picking mud out of the lids. (laughs) I was like, I'm grateful that I have MAC lipstick. I'm grateful that I have a truck that starts and that I can get antibiotics when I'm sick. And let's not forget, I found the key. Can you imagine the colossal disaster? Yeah. If I couldn't find the key? I know because that happened to me once with my old Ford. <laughs> I have to take a cab to the dealership and it costs $375 for a new key ah, and then a cab back. Three, oh my God. Yuck. So found the key. It still works. Tons of stuff to be grateful for. Also, while I didn't get my gold star, I'm grateful that he didn't, he wasn't mad. He was more like eye rolling and saying this only happens to you, babe, which is true. But I have friends that are sometimes afraid to tell their spouses things Mm -hmm. because they don't want to hear the judgment or whatever. And I am pretty thankful that, you know, halfway into the bottle of the wine, I was like, hey, guess what happened to me today? I think that um, sometimes I forget, too, that I'm very grateful. I spend a lot of time being grateful for the obvious stuff, but maybe not as much as I should in the sense that, like, for example, last night I did a show and... Another comic came up and said, she noticed that Joanne was there. And she was like, you're so lucky. She's so supportive. She comes to all your shows. And I was like, oh, yeah, like that. That's totally true, by the way. That's cool. That is really cool. She might get bored of it at some point (laughs) and stop coming. But for now, she comes to most of the shows. Not all of them, but most, you know, if she's in town. And uh, and I looked around and I realized that no other comic, oh, one, one out of the 10 comics had their partner was there supporting them. And I realized like, yeah, I think I take that for granted quite a bit. It takes so much for granted. And I don't want this to be like a huge kumbaya episode, but we live in Canada and man, are we lucky. I just, I heard a, an interview with John Cleese on the radio on the way over. And he, what, he's got a new tour coming out, even though uh, he's, I don't know how old he is, but he's, he's 94. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you know that, but that's amazing. Older um, than us. Yeah, and he he's touring still, and he's talking about, you know, world leaders and how horrifying they are, I guess, or and how much he wishes they would be better. But he was talking about ours here in Canada, and he was saying, like, we need to cut him some slack and look around a little bit. And he said that he felt that Canada was 
I think he might, I may be misquoting, but I think he said the only country off the top of his head that he could name that actually had like a compassionate, competent leader and that maybe we should not be so hasty about trying to give him the boot. I read this book a few years ago called Gratitude Works and it had a ton of great exercises in the book. I will link to it in the show notes. But one I really remember was this idea of taking things for granted. So let's just say every day you list five things that you're grateful for. Well, it's too easy every day to list like my kids, my health, my job, my coffee maker, wine, like those five things. And you start to take for granted the the list and Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have the same emotion anymore. And it's been proven over and over again. And instead of just like saying that and making shit up, the studies are actually listed in the book, but that gratitude when done right, like in a meaningful way can actually be like an incredible balm for anxiety and depression, which both of us have some issues with. And the key exercise was to take one or two or three things that you're grateful for, and then do for each one further 10 reasons on why you're grateful for that item. So if I was to say like, I was grateful for my kids, yada, 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 blah, 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 I would have to take 10 reasons and really think about why I'm Um, I'm grateful for them. Yeah, because it's so easy to just say, I'm grateful for this. I'm lucky to have this. I'm grateful to have this and not actually feel the gratitude. But if you write down why you're grateful for it, you're actually more likely, I think, to actually feel it as well, not just rewriting your list that you're... It's the actual feeling of real gratitude that's going to be transformative in your life. It's not half-assed making a list of 10 things. I write um, morning, I journal every morning, and I think you also do that. Um, But I have heard more and more people who actually, like, they have two journal, like, they journal in the mornings, but they also write their gratitude lists every morning before they start the day as part of their morning routine. I've been doing that more. I I write three pages a day, and the last half of the third page is gratitude. Nice. And I force myself to try and find new things that I'm grateful for, and simple things. Like, I would be a mess without coffee. Like, coffee's like, it's like a whole religion for me. And I'm super grateful for my coffee machine. Like, it was broken the other day. I thought it was broken, but house cleaner, like, you know, plugged it back in and it worked again. <laughs> but my whole day was messed up and it made me realize how how thankful I am for the simple pleasures of life. Like, try going in without heat in the winter. Oh, I do. My girlfriend won't turn the heat on. <laughs> Sorry. I just want to say, yesterday I told her I was freezing in the house because it was 16 degrees in the bedroom and I, my clock says the temperature. And she was like, I can't believe you're cold. And I was like, it's 16 degrees. I'm chilly. And she checked her clock, which also has the temperature, and her side of the bed is by the window. And she said, in response to me freezing to death, it's only 14 degrees on my side of the bed. You should should feel lucky. We went to our cottage last week, me and the kids, and it was 16. And I called Renault and I said, you need to get this this thermal pump fixed or we're all going to a hotel. Really? 16 is cold. And we have a fireplace, but it's cold. Yeah, it's cold. Just on about coffee. Yes, always. I get that some people don't fully grasp how special and lovely it is, but I actually go, I I don't know if this is weird, but I often go to bed at night and it's like the last thing I think, think about is how excited I am to wake up. To sleep to so that you can my, wake yeah, up. Mm-hmm, to have coffee. Yeah. Not to wake up. 
No, I know, but you can't. I can't wait yeah. to fall asleep because the sooner I fall asleep, the sooner I get to wake up and have that coffee in the morning. And it's going to be awesome. And I'm starting to feel that way about podcast day. Finally. I'm so excited to hear that. I was. Uh, you were worried I was going to be like, I can't take it. Yeah. I have to quit. And then I was like, how am I going to carry this on my own? Like everything else in my life. <laughs> no, but I told you like in episode three, when we talked about exercise and how my trainer pushes me harder than I like to accomplish things that I never thought I could accomplish and how it made me realize that in my life, I quit things when they get hard. Well, I'm grateful that you didn't quit this. And I'm just mostly grateful that you are actually excited to wake up on podcast day. Yeah, but I told you, I'm totally waiting for you to say, I'm sorry, my stand-up comedy career is taken off and I'm going on tour with, I don't know, Jerry Seinfeld. Is he still performing? Who's a cool comic? You're not doing this. Please, please do not go on tour with Louis C.K. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That goes all my goals. Um so if and when you're touring, you still need to phone in and do this podcast remotely because we just got new mics and a new interface. I mean, can't be sitting around here with all these microphones by myself. I'm going to have to like start podcasting on Fortnite with my kids or something. <laughs> oh my God. You'll have to, you'll have to switch to a gaming podcast. I know. I know. On the same page with Nancy and Elliot and Louie. At which point when I realized how much they spend on in-app purchases for Fortnite would quickly turn into a true crime podcast. So does it work in the morning? Does it change your um, approach to the day or your mindset, your gratitude? Flippantly, I could say no, but I would no I notice when I don't do it, which is still like two, three, four times a week, mm -hmm. I'm still slowly building the habit. But yeah, it, I noticed that I haven't done it. And so definitely I think it's making a difference, but so is the exercise. And so is trying to get more sleep. And so is the self-compassion. So all of it together is making a big difference in my life. I feel like I'm mostly grateful when it's annoying to other people. Like if we're driving around in circles, trying to find parking and Joanne's getting increasingly frustrated. And then I'm like, we should be grateful that we're even in a car. It's cold and it's raining out or it's snowing. And like all those people out there walking and that's just annoying. I feel like that's easier to do with a friend than a spouse because the spouse is just like, oh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but a friend, you're like, you're totally right. Let's take a moment of silence to be grateful for our health and our children and our heated vehicle. I'm, I actually talk like that to her. I'm like, let's just be grateful for this extra quality time that we get to spend together in the car. <laughs> I can tell that you have not been with Joanne for 20 years like I've been with Renault because I think that a little bit of diarrhea would come out of my mouth if I tried to say that to Renault. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm ready for this to end, but Jen just wants it to go on and on. I and do. On. <laughs> oh, my God. You want to do something creepy? I do. Okay. Name me three things that you're grateful for. Ew. That like, not not like your kids or Joanne or heat or anything like that. So <laughs> I don't remember heat. Actually, I'm grateful that the heat's on at your house. It's the real reason I look forward to podcast day. Three things I'm grateful. Did you say three? Three things yes, I'm grateful three. for? Okay. I am going to be a bit, can I be a bit cheesy? I'm going to be course. cheesy on one of them. I'm really grateful for my dog. I don't know what's going on lately, but I miss her when I'm not home, which is weird because she smells like Doritos, but... I just, I know you're, you look like you're getting nauseous. I don't know why. I'm so in love with her. She's six years old. I've had her for five years. And 
I feel like I'm talking about a really solid marriage right now because I feel like I fall more and more in love with her every day. I miss her when I'm not home. At the risk of receiving dog hate mail, (laughs) if you asked me for 100 things I'm grateful for, my dog would be nowhere on the list. Oh my God. Luckily, your dog is number two on my list. <laughs> so, I uh, know. Okay. So that one was real. I'm really sorry, Nancy. I know that <laughs> you, your opinion of me has probably... Um, Someone take, has to love them. <laughs> um, okay. Two other things I'm grateful for. I am so grateful for... Holy crap. I am grateful for stationery, like actual paper to write on, and that it still exists. I know that we're now going to get hate mail from all the environmentally friendly people out there who think that was, this should be a paperless world. But uh, That was already coming from my truck. Oh, yeah, that's right. You already covered that. Yeah, I think you're getting it a little harder than I am because I could pretend – Wait, my notebook, I think, is made of recycled paper. So, nope, it's not. All right. <laughs> uh, I am very grateful for stationery. It makes me feel grounded when I'm writing. I do write on my laptop, but I, I, I really like writing on paper. Not sure at all if this is what you meant by gratitude. Now we have a smelly dog and paper. Let's see. And one more thing. I'm just glad you went first. I've had so much time to think. Mine are going to be so over the top and meaningful. <laughs> you better leave that in. I am grateful for uh, MSG free ramen. I went to, oh my God, I am so grateful for MSG free ramen. It's life changing. I'm not even joking. I know. Right That's why I suggested it. Like, I want it now for lunch. Anyways, what about you, Nancy? What are you grateful for? I'm going to be a little bit corny, too. And I'm going to say, first off, that I'm grateful for my international student, Natalia, because she's been living with us for five months now. And she's like, just slid right in as part of the family. And I went through this whole process where I, I didn't want an international student. Like, I just didn't. I couldn't imagine someone in my space, like, getting up to have my coffee and there's another person there having dinner. And it's like, who is this stranger? I'm using air quotes, eating with us. And it's been completely transformative. It was just one of those things where I was totally ignorant to, and it could have gone the, it could have gone the other way, but I only saw the negative in the situation at the time. And now that she's been here for five months, like she can never leave. She's just, she's just like this spark of joy. And I have two boys and a husband and Brody, the dog is male. And so not only is it nice to have uh, female energy in the house, but just her personality in general. It's uh, it's great. So I'm very thankful for Natalia. Okay, now I need two more things. You had so much time to think. It's because you <laughs> gave me MSG free ramen and now you have nothing. That's right. I took one for the team. Passed you over the MSG ramen. Aren't you grateful for the trip you're about to go on? That's exciting. Oh my God, just as you said that. I actually thought of something else. So now I have two things. Yes, I'm super grateful for the trip I'm going on. And it's not just because I'm going sailing in the British Virgin Islands. It's because I'm going with three of the funniest, smartest, nicest people. You're, I know I'm looking at I'm looking at Jen's face. Just to anyone's wondering, I'm not going on this trip. 
We can address that later. (laughs) (laughs) So shout out to my BBI sailing peeps. I'll see you on Monday and and we'll be off next week. We have a pod, we'll have a podcast episode in the bank to release, but uh, we won't be recording next week. And in the vein of going a bit deeper, it's not just like, yay, I'm going on vacation with cool people. It's that I, I can, not just because of, of financially that I'm able to swing it, but also like structurally the way the house and the family is set up. Not only can I go, but I can actually go and know that everything is cool here and that everybody will be well fed and heated unless Joe comes over for a visit and turns the thermostat down. But if I did want to do that exercise of listing like 10 reasons why I'm thankful, I think that that trip would be a good one because yeah. there's a whole bunch of reasons to be grateful for, for that trip next week. Within the, yeah. And the third thing is technology. I'm so grateful for Fortnite. <laughs> what? Did I say that out loud? No, um, I am grateful for technology, but I'm grateful for apps. There are so many apps that are coming out that are helping me stay organized and stay focused and keep writing and keep track of my habits. And I'm really, it's built, it's helping me build self-awareness about sort of like in the, in the same theme of this podcast, how do I spend my time versus how do I want to spend my time? Mm-hmm. And I can't change it if I don't measure it. And there's a handful of apps that are really contributing to the change I want to see in my life. Maybe one day we could do like, because I know you mentioned you have a few apps that you like. Maybe we could do a special bonus mm-hmm. show on our favorite apps. Yeah, we should do that. I'm just really angry at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> not, only, not only am I not one of the three funniest, nicest people that you know who you're going sailing with, Although I'm terrified of sailing because A, I can't swim and B, I have anxiety. So I'm scared I'll jump off boats. Uh, but also, is there anything else? Is there, is that the end of the list? You look like you're taking a breath to come back with more. No, I have more. Um, <laughs> also that your gratitude was all deep and heartfelt. And mine was for a dog that smells like Doritos, MSG free ramen and something else that I've already forgotten. That's how grateful I am for it. I told you, in order for me to succeed, all others must fail. And I, like, tossed that MSG ramen right over there. Not my fault you caught it. Wow. I'm going to wrap this up by going super over the top and saying, like, I am so grateful that we're able to do this podcast. I want to wrap this podcast up by going way over the top, Nancy, and just saying that I'm so grateful for all of our listeners. Oh, my God. You totally just stole the whole show. Right? You teed that up from the beginning. You set me up. It's true. I chose this theme just so I could say that. I'm not actually grateful for anything else. Guess what? Nancy drives an environmentally polluting SUV, and I'm thankful for our listeners. (laughs) All right, guys, I'm wrapping this up. No, I'm wrapping this up. (laughs) Where can people get a hold of us, Jen? They can follow us on Instagram on the same page pod. Exactly. Exactly. And you can also go to our website on the same page pod.com where you can see pictures of us when we were 17 and pictures of us when we were 48. You'll also find the links to the show notes, all the available episodes, and one day soon, we hope, merch. Oh, yes. And as always, thanks for listening. We really appreciate that you take the time to spend this this half hour with us. We'll see you next week for episode five. Bye, guys. Take care. I just want to be on the same page.
On the same page with Jen and Nancy is recorded in Montreal, Quebec. The podcast is written, hosted, produced, and edited by Jen Chapman and Nancy Murdoch. Original music by Jen Chapman. Original podcast cover art by Meredith Lindsay of Media Mercantile. A huge thank you to all of our supporters. Touching the table too much. I'm Can sorry. Stop. I'm gonna stop. Just. I guess we should say goodbye to them. Yeah. Closure. I love closure. Oh, closure is a beautiful thing.